Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Calvin, for getting us uh, started off uh, tonight. Uh, you might want to turn your Bibles to uh, to First John. We're going to continue uh, uh, studying the uh, the letters that we see in the New Testament. This month might be the last month that I do that, and so I want to try to cover as much as I can. We're going to try to look at First and Second and Third John, and you might be thinking, "Well, that sure will take a long time," but but really, a Second and Third John are very, very short, and we won't be spending a lot of time uh, uh, in them. Uh, just want to touch on something. Uh, appreciated Calvin's prayer, and he, he mentioned uh, being able to bless others over the last couple of weeks. The uh, benevolent work that we've been called upon to do here has been just extra heavy, but we have been able to cover it. And so uh, that's, that's the important thing. The Bible tells us to do good unto all men. And Jesus tells us to let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works and glorify the Father. And that's what it's all about. We don't uh, boast about these things. We don't shine the spotlight uh, on ourselves. But those things happen because of, uh, of your contributions here on Sunday mornings and also to the Benevolent Center. We're able to pass those things on and help other people. And that, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. That's what Calvin was referencing there just a minute ago in his prayers. And so a pat on the back to all of you. Uh, we're doing this for the glory of God, and, and uh, we've been able just in just the last little bit uh, to, to help a number of people. John is uh, referred to many times as the apostle of love. And the reason for that is because if we read First John, it's what we see all the way through. He really emphasizes the importance of love and, and emphasizes the fact that you cannot hate your brother and still be doing it right. You cannot live a Christian life if you have hatred in your heart for others. And so that is the, that is the main idea. That's the theme of the book of First John. First John and the Gospel of John begin in a very similar way. It, it's not word for word, but even if you uh, did not know that John was also the, the author of, of 1 John, if you had just read the Gospel of John, you would have a pretty good clue at the very start that John is also the writer here. He emphasizes the importance of Jesus Christ, that Jesus was there all along, part of the Godhead. He, he emphasizes that at the beginning of both the Gospel of John and in 1 John. And so uh, their beginnings are very, very similar. I want to read a few passages to you from, from 1 John. And all of these are, are very important. And then we'll come back uh, to 1 John for something else uh, a little bit later in this message. I want to start in verse 5. This is 1 John chapter 5. Uh, verse, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5 is what I meant to say. This is the message which we have heard from Him and declare to you, God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. Now notice what he says here because this is important. John is writing to Christians here. And this is a message to Christians. If, if we have obeyed the gospel, he's talking to us here. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, we, we profess to be a Christian, but we walk in darkness, we're not living the life. 
We lie, and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, we're, we're trying as he is in the light. Then we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. A continuous process if we're walking in the light and we're practicing the New Testament. That's, that's the condition. We're trying to walk in the light. If we say we have no sin, then we're just deceiving ourselves. The truth is not in us. Oh, man, we're still going to sin. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we say we have not sinned, then we make Him a liar. And His Word is not in us. And so, if we have obeyed the gospel, we are still not going to live a perfect life. But if we're walking in the light, then the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, continues to, to remove, to cleanse our sins on a daily basis as long as we are walking in the light. We've got to be putting forth that effort and trying to live that Christian life. Picking up right there in chapter 2. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, and we all do, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. That, that's, that's who it's through. It is His blood that washes away our sins. And He Himself is the propitiation for our sins. He's the one who died on the cross. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world, if we are obedient. Now by this we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. We talked about walking in the light. That's what this is about. He who says, I know Him, does not keep the commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in Him. But whoever keeps His word, truly the love of God is perfected in Him. And by this we know that we are in Him. He who says He abides in Him, out himself also to walk just as he walked. And don't we say that Jesus is our example? That's the, the very foundation that we build everything on. We say Jesus Christ is our example. Well, that's what, John, that's what John says here. He himself also should walk as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light, but he hates his brother, is in darkness until now. He, you can't do it right. He who loves his brother abides in the light. There's no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. We, we must emphasize the importance of love in our life, love for our brothers and sisters, love for those around about us. Even if they are, are not truly practicing the New Testament the way that we know that they should, we, we still love their soul and we're still concerned about their soul. They may be far, far away from what God would be having them to do. And we absolutely hate their way of life. We, we hate the sin. We hate that. 
but we love their soul and we're concerned about their soul and where they will spend eternity. He continues with that thought over in 1 John chapter 4. 1 John 4 and in verse 7. Same idea here. John is just continuing with that thought. Beloved, let us love one another. For God is of love. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The apostle, the apostle of love. You see why he is known by that name. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. That's about as clear as it gets. If we don't have love, we're not doing it right. That, that's just what John tells us. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. In this the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. That, that's our evidence that God loves us. And, and this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation or the, the sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. But if we love one another then God abides in us, and His love has been perfected in us. Let's go down to, to verse 20. If someone says, now this, this is crystal clear. If someone says, I love God, but he hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God? whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Crystal clear could not be any plainer. The apostle of love makes it crystal clear to us that loving our brothers and our sisters is absolutely essential if we want to be doing this right. I purposely skipped over what John writes about, about the Antichrist here uh, in 1 John because I wanted to carry it over into 2 John. 1 and 2 John are the only places where we see the Antichrist mentioned in the Bible. And what we hear today in our day and time about the, the so-called Antichrist is, is nowhere close to what the Bible actually tells us about the Antichrist. Let's go back to 1 John chapter 2 again and look at verse 18. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and even now, these, these things are important now, even now, this is John in his day, many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. They, they went out from us. But they were not of us, not really. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is in the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is an antichrist who denies the Father and 
the Son. Now look with me at 2 John, verse 7. 2 John, verse 7. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is deceiver and an antichrist. And so, John tells us here, and these are the only references in First and Second John to the Antichrist. He tells us that even in John's day, the Antichrists were already there, not somebody that they should be looking far way off in the distant future, even in our day. They were already there in John's day. And there were many of them. In our day, people are trying to focus on, on one individual. Who, who is that Antichrist? Well, there, there were a lot of them even back in John's time. Not anywhere close to what we, what we see today. I, I, I've heard people say Adolf Hitler was the Antichrist. Muammar Gaddafi was the Antichrist. Osama bin Laden, of course. And I even, this is the one that tops them all. Back in the 70s, I heard a sermon. It was by a denominational preacher. I heard it. And in that sermon, he labeled a man, his name was Henry Kissinger, who was the Secretary of State at that time. He labeled him as the Antichrist. If you remember him, I don't know what your politics was, but surely you don't believe that that man was the Antichrist. The things that we hear today about the, the Antichrist just, just don't conform with what we see in the Bible. The Antichrist of, John day, of John's day and of our day. Anyone who is teaching error and leading others astray that's who John is talking about. He refers to them as the Antichrist. And so all of the things that you see today about the so-called Antichrist, who is it? Who, who is that guy? Well, it's not a guy. It's several different people, many people over many centuries who are leading people astray with error and false teaching. That's the Antichrist. He makes another important point in 2 John. Now look at, uh, at verse 8. <clears throat> look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we work for, but that we may receive a full reward. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Now notice this. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, if they're not preaching the truth, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Friends, we need to try to, to be as courteous and as polite as we can be with everybody. Be as nice as you can be. But if we know that there is a person, a cause, a group, an organization, whatever it might be, and we know that they are not spreading the truth, John tells us here that we cannot support them, we cannot 
endorse them, we, we cannot help them to spread error and false teaching. John tells us if we help that kind of thing, then we are sharing in their evil deeds. He makes it very clear here that whatever it might be, and there's so many causes out there today that are asking for our support. And on the outside, they may, it may look like a good, a good cause. Let us make sure that we're not helping someone lead others astray with our support. Now, 3 John is just a very, very short personal letter. John writes it to a good friend of his. man's name was, was Gaius. And they both had to deal, though, with a very bad man. That man's name was, was Diotrephes. This is what John says about him in verse 9. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them. Oh, oh Diotrephes, he, he, he was the head honcho there in his congregation. He was the boss. He does not receive us. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds which he does, prating against us with, with malicious words, and not content with that, but he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Diotrephes had appointed himself as the boss in his congregation, and John doesn't have anything good to say about Mr. Diotrephes. And so we, we need to make sure that we don't put ourselves up on a pedestal, that we don't uh, uh, raise ourselves up a little bit uh, higher up than our brothers and sisters so that we're, we're looking down on everybody just a little bit and expecting everybody to just cater to me because I'm the, I'm the main guy here at our congregation. That's what Diotrephes did. He, in his mind, he was boss. John had nothing good to say about him. Let us make sure that we don't ever get the same spirit and the same attitude that Diotrephes had. Let me point out one last thing here. And I think it's important. It's important for us, and it could be something that we're failing to do. But John... John encourages us to do this. In verse 14, very, very last verse. But I hope to see you shortly, he says, talking to Gaius, and we shall speak face to face. Peace to you. Our friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. Hmm. Now we have a lot of people here. And I know we do. There was 214 people here this morning. And it's hard to know everybody well. It's hard to remember everybody's name. <laughs> Maybe you're just, you're just like me. You know their name. You just, uh, you just need a second to think about it sometimes. I, I'm, I'm bad about that uh, myself. But... It just, it just means more if we can shake someone's hand 
and call their name. It, it, just, it just means a little more. And I, and I understand that it's hard to remember everybody's name. But let us, let us try to spread ourselves around uh, a little bit. Uh, one trick that, uh, that you might uh, try is uh, make sure you've got a directory. <laughs> and if you couldn't think of, uh, of his or her name on Sunday morning, go home and see what it is. Sunday nights you can call their name. You know, we all have our, our, our close friends. There's nothing wrong with that. And we talk with them more than we do others. That, that's not wrong. But let us spread ourselves around just a little bit more. Let us talk to more than just, uh, hey, uh, my, my best friend. Let us spread ourselves around. Learn each other's names the best that we can. And as John says here, greet the friends by name. Next Sunday night, I may try to combine a couple of epistles into one lesson again and cover just as much ground uh, uh, as I can. I was thinking this might be the last month I'll do this. I may have to go on into March to cover a little bit more ground. But uh, next Sunday night, next Sunday night, we'll try to look at the, uh, the letters in the Bible again. Tonight, if you have never obeyed the gospel, if you have never become a Christian, you can do so. If you're willing to repent of your sins, if you're willing to confess your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, willing to be immersed in the waters of baptism for the remission of sins. You can put on Christ, come up out of the waters a new creature, and a member of the Lord's church this very evening. We'll help you get that done. Perhaps we're writing, we're reading in 1 John about the importance of of walking in the light. Uh, John was writing to Christians there, people who had obeyed the gospel. Maybe you have obeyed the gospel, but you hadn't been walking in the light too well. You haven't been doing a good job with that. If that is the case, and you know that you have fallen away, if you're willing to repent of those things that caused you to fall, you can ask for the prayers of the faithful and be restored. You can do those things while we stand and sing.